10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Spotify and Anchor.fm. Welcome to Project X. It's a ranking show unlike any other. Join us as we create and debate top 10 lists each week on a new subject from all forms of media and st- human interest. I'm your host, Dylan Summer, along with Clever Streich and Gage Kilborn. This week, we're going to hit the field and play with our picks for the top 10 athletes of all time. How you doing, guys? I'm doing good. Welcome to the show. Uh, great intro. Thank you so much for the intro, Dylan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. We finally got I'm, to talk about sports. Yeah, I'm glad. We've been waiting for this episode for a while now. As you've probably heard some of the upper, other episodes, there's been uh, some uh, interference with sports into our conversations, and now we finally get to display our knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we, yeah, I think we um, bit our tongues a little too much um, and they're already start to bleed unless we start talking about sports. So good idea to get this out of the way for us. So and, Gage, how are you feeling about your list? I'm feeling pretty good about it. I have a great variety. They're not all just related to one sport. It's a great mix of different sports and some sports are even Olympic sports. What about you, Clever? I'm feeling really good about this. I mean, we finally got to talk about sports. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, you guys love sports even more than I do, so much so that Gage got the New York Jets helmet up on his wall in a massive decal. So I'm a big uh, hockey fan, baseball fan, and you guys love sports too, so this should be a really fun episode. All right, so are we ready to get started then? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll start with my number 10. So... He's uh, sort of new to becoming a, a greatest of all time. Uh, very popular in football. Everyone knows his name. I'm just going to say it, Tom Brady. And the reason why, first of all, he's so low on my list is because uh, the possible like scandals that he created with the Flategate and other Patriots forces of cheating. But you can't uh, not look over the fact that he's a six-time Super Bowl champ 14-time Pro Bowler, three-time MVP, and he's thrown for 564 touchdowns, only competing with Drew Brees for that uh, competition between them. And in total right now, he has a 226 and 67 record. This guy can really do it all. Let me paint a picture for you. Gage has been shaking his head the entire last minute while you've been talking about Tom Brady. Gage, what's on your mind there? It, uh, I knew what you guys have it on your list, but it was a big stake in my heart to hear it because I've seen so many close Jets Patriots games in my time and see Tom Brady find a way to squeak away with a victory that I do not like the guy. I completely despise him. I do not like the NFL's rule with the deflate gate of only banning him for four weeks of the season. If it was my decision and I was the NFL, I would have banned him for the whole year because 
to me, I'm going to the Super Bowl and doing the deflate gate in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs is similar to um, working your whole season for it. So that's why I, I don't agree with how he plays and how he acts personally. My number 10, it's Tiger Woods, um, a, the golfer. And he also has had some uh, controversy in his, in his playing days um, related with cheating with his wife. And well, I'm more talking about his playing ability. He revolutionized golf and um, brought back the youth that the golf was that the golf industry was looking for. And because of it, there's many young golfers around the world, around the United States and around the world who are trying to strive to be like Tiger. What's great about Tiger Woods is that when you ask to recognize a, a golfer's name, you, you think Tiger Woods because number one, his first name, it just stands out as what a cool sports name that is. And I get that we might face some controversial athletes on this list, especially with some of the all-time leaders potentially cheating or having scandals. Um, like take Barry Bonds, for example. But uh, that point aside, Tiger Woods, I do feel, is one of the most prolific golfers of all time. So I'm with you there. I'm sort of surprised that you'd put Tiger. I mean, for me at least, what I, Tiger has good and he also has very bad. He's done some bad things in the past. And I know this is about athletes, but you just said, oh, yeah, Tom Brady's cheated and all. I feel like what Tiger Woods has done in the past is actually worse than what Brady has done. Yeah, that's there. That's going to drop into debate is that since what he did was more in his personal life, where what Tom Brady did affected the sport and it probably affected the outcome of some super of that Super Bowl year of, of I think it was 2014 to 15 season that affected probably affected the outcome of that year. But that was only one season. You still yeah, won five many... other Super Bowls other than that. <laughs> yeah, but you never know what he did in those other five Super Bowls. The Patriots are well known for cheating, as I like to say their acronym is paying all the refs in order to succeed. Well, speaking of Tom Brady and speaking of deflating, I'm going to deflate you guys even further. My number 10 is Tom Brady. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's Tom Brady. Me. Tom Brady is Honestly, the phantom quarterback of the 2010s, he was all over the title scene for a decade, a decade of Patriots competition. Now he's with the Bucs. Uh, and honestly, I think he's one of the most accomplished, accomplished NFL quarterbacks of all time, despite the fact that Gage is making a face that looks like he's just... He, he's having a very, very bad day so far on Project X here and all this Tom Brady talk. You're shaking your head no. So maybe we better change the subject. All I can you... say is just remember the AFC divisional round where the Jets beat Tom Brady. Underdogs, imagine, that we found a way to beat them and move to the AFC championship game. Let's move on to number nine. Dylan, what's your number nine? My number nine is actually one of my favorite athletes of all time. I mean, he played for uh, the New York Yankees, first of all. And he's very good on and off the field. It's number two, Derek Jeter. And this guy was a Hall – he's going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, actually, he's in the Hall of Fame already. He's a 14-time All-Star, five-time uh, World Series champ, a lot, along with five gold gloves as well. And the memory that I, I definitely recall is his last hit at Yankee Stadium. It was actually a walk-off single. And you could tell, like – this is his last game ever playing for the Yankees at their home field. That moment just recapped his whole career in one 
uh, setting. I agree. I remember that game. I was watching at my couch on my couch, and uh, Jeter was up to bat. It was like a storybook. I couldn't believe it. Jeter with a chance to change the game, defeat. I think it was the Rays that they were playing. Uh, and he hits a walk-off single in the most Jeter-like fashion. Captain Clutch, man. He, he just, yeah, that, that, uh, that career that he's had is unbelievable. Yeah, I respect that pick. I mean, I'm a Mets fan, and I still respect the outcome Derek Jeter has on, in, on, the, on the sport and on the game. Back before he even was a shortstop for the Yankees, the all-time shortstop before him, I have his autograph in my room, was is Phil Rizzuto. And he was another Hall of Famer. And he, I think Derek Jeter went above uh, Phil Rizzuto and when, went above and beyond and is now is one of the most lovable players in baseball. I, for one, am a Mets fan, and I still respect what he has done for the Yankees organization. Re-to-spect. Gage, what's your number nine? My number nine, he's one of the better basketball players in NBA history. And I, and I know you guys might think he's a little bit low on this list, but I have to say Michael Jordan's my number nine. Wow. Oh, you put him at nine? I put him at nine. Because That's really high up in the list, man. You think so? You're talking about a goat for like his sport. If you're like... Well, I don't know if that place. If you have LeBron higher than that, then we're gonna have to talk. Yeah, we'll have some problems. <laughs> oh no! All right, no here. Okay, so here's, so here's my rule. Here's my point of view on Michael Jordan. He did great. He wouldn't be where he is if it wasn't for the Detroit Pistons, because if you look at the 1980s, he was really small and skinny in the NBA, but the Detroit Pistons pushed him around, pushed him around, like took full advantage of him and the Bulls. To the point where he was determined to win that win NBA title, and he knew he had to get through the Detroit Pistons in order to do so. So he worked that off season. He got buffed. He was set and prepared, and that's and that led them to their first three P was the motivation to beat the Pistons. Gage, and did you watch the Last Dance? I watched the Last Dance, and I watched the Bad Boys, and I know he has so much determination and. And, and he's so motivated to do so many tremendous things that, um, that that's why he's very, been successful as he is right now. I'll go forward with my number nine because we've already talked about him on the show. It's Tiger Woods for golf again. But I want to talk about his uh, massive uh, comeback to the Masters. Uh, he won in 2019, first time since 05 that he actually won the Masters tournament. And he's going in to become a 2021 World Golf Hall of Fame inductee. Do you think that he deserves the spot for what he's accomplished in the sport? I agree. I and it's and that was his first uh, major title he won since I think 2010 in the U.S. Open. And he did. I remember watching that because I was in the middle of interning with my local hockey team, and everybody was glued to the TV watching it because they knew they were witnessing history the biggest comeback that nobody in golf history ever thought would come back. All right. I'm going to move on to my number eight now, and I'm going to give uh, some diversity into this list with the first female. Uh, I went with Serena Williams and she's been doing it forever. 23 grand slam titles, 73 total competitive single match wins, 23 total competitive double match wins. 
I mean, she could do it all. And she also has a sister, Venus. And they're just dominant together. So I think Serena, with such a long uh, tenured career, definitely deserved a spot on this list. You know, there's no greater sister uh, duo in sports than the Williams sisters. Uh, they've dominated women's tennis for God knows how long. I agree. Um, and Serena, she's done so many insurmountable things that really shifted Americans into watching tennis now. Because whenever you watch tennis, you're always thinking about Serena and her famous garants. Whenever she would um, serve the ball or hit it back, it's a, I think it's a great pick right there. All right, Gage, what do you, what's your number eight? My number eight, this was probably one of the, well, I think the only, the only dual sport professional athlete of, that, we, I've known, that I know of, and that's Bo Jackson. And that is because you never really hear of a, of, a, of a baseball player who also plays professional football. But that is exactly what Bo Jackson did. He played for both the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Royals. And playing for both of those teams in the same around the, and find a way to play both sports, even the prof, in the pros is very, very hard to do, but he found a way to do it. Uh, for me, um, Bo Jackson, I don't know too much about him because obviously we weren't alive to watch him then, <laughs> but I know the accolades that he's been able to do and the fact that he's able to handle two sports, that's just something that many athletes can't say that they've done. So the fact that, they have the competitive uh, mindset to do that. So they're playing two sports in one year. That's just an incredible uh, part of his game, I guess. Yeah, talking about athletes trying to play two sports, we talked about Michael Jackson a sec. Uh, sorry, not Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan <laughs> a second ago. <laughs> um, he's bad. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan decided that he wanted to try baseball. And that he didn't even get out of the minor leagues. So to have a, a pro athlete that that's good at two sports is unbelievable. All right, I'll reveal my number eight now. Uh, my number eight just happens to be the great eight. Um, the Russian superstar who is currently lighting up Washington, D.C. with the Capitals. This is Alexander Ovechkin. And I personally think that he's the best modern player of this era some might say yeah Sidney Crosby's a little bit better than him but Ovechkin has consistently been one of the most surefire and most um powerful players that the NHL has seen in the past couple of decades he's a three-time gold medalist for Russia with the world championships and he won the Stanley Cup in 2018 and I personally think that he's just he's a lethal slap shot great great athlete no, yeah, I agree. I mean, he, whenever you hear the Capitals, you always had to mention Alex Ovenchkin because he's like the, he's probably the best player that they've ever had in their franchise history. And he was the driving force behind leading them to the Stanley Cup run in 2018. And in either way, that was a historic championship game because in the championship series, because it was either the Vegas Golden Knights who were in their first, who in their inaugural season or the Washington Capitals, who we never really see in the in the and up the into the into the finals part. And that led to the Washington Capitals winning it that year, and then the Nationals winning the 2019 World Series the following year. 
I agree. Uh, as a Rangers fan, I've watched the Capitals in countless, countless, countless 2010 series. So I've watched a lot of Ovechkin games and I can say no man works harder in the league than Ovechkin does. So it's well deserved and he's going to hopefully get another one this time with Henrik Lundqvist on the team. So we'll see how that goes. So my number seven, I think this is probably one of my most controversial ones because you could either put one or two guys in this position. So I went for a soccer player here. Now, just from you guys, I want to know which one do you think I put? Cristiano Ronaldo. I'll say the same. I went for Messi. And Messi? Yeah. So the thing with Messi is that when you, you grow up and, like, obviously we don't have much knowledge of soccer, but I knew of Messi. I didn't know about Ronaldo until later on, but Messi has been doing it for a very long time and with the same team, Barcelona. So 10-time La Liga champ, eight-time La Liga best player, four-time Champions League champ, like all these uh, numbers that I'm just saying, it just shows how good he is. Champ and best player. That's when you know you have an athlete on your hands. And to add all of that, he recently uh, got another goal, which made him at 696 career goals. Something that I know a lot of other uh, soccer players could not say. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. And something else that I, I, I refer to Lionel Messi as the Jose Altuve of soccer. Because he's very athletic, but he's also not the tallest player on the field. He's, I think, about four feet tall, four feet, roughly four to five feet. He's not that tall. And how he's able to not matter what it care about what his size is. He just uses his other abilities to get around that hurdle that many athletes make fun of him for. I'll share my number seven. If you guys want, it's another uh, sport that you wouldn't really expect for this sort of list, but um, this is one of the most profound and I think inspiring Olympic athletes of all time um, in the pool and out of the pool, Michael Phelps, the 23-time gold medal champion from America, um, best swimmer on the history of swimming. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big swimmer. I swam a lot in high school, and I can say that the first time I heard of Michael Phelps was in fourth grade, when um, you're getting ready for the London Olympics. My, uh, my. Um, teacher told me showed us videos of Michael Phelps with that um, with a come from behind victory at Beijing in 2008 and that really was when I first heard about Michael Phelps and knew he was a do or die type of athlete Michael Phelps I think a lot of controversy uh with him is just that some like as he's gotten older he hasn't really been the same as he was so, like, when he was at 19, he won six. Like, the year after, uh, next Olympics, he won eight. But then it, his career went downward afterward. Do you think that's just because he, he didn't have that same ambition to win the gold medal anymore? No, I don't think so. It's just, you know, athletes have a difficult time staying at the top of their game for a prolonged period of time, and that's true to any sport. It's hard to do the same thing and be the best in the world at it or one of the best in the world for Phelps's case, but you can look as far back as his last Olympic race in 2016 Rio. He's still getting gold medals with the swimming uh, four by 100 meter uh, relay that he won with his American team. 
So I think that he did an amazing job throughout his career to stay relevant and on top of his game. Gage, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven was also previously mentioned. I think it was Dylan's number eight, and that is Serena Williams. And one thing that I'm going to mention that, about her that's that I think makes it makes her makes it more commendable for her actions, what she's done on the on and off the court, is her charisma. How how energetic she how energetic she gets when she's on the court, and that that proof that and that increases the fan base, which is what any sport wants. And tennis is one of the quieter sports, more traditional sports. We all hear the stories of Wimbledon, where you are only allowed to wear white when you wear white shirts and white pants in every play, and the and the grass was cut to a certain to a certain amount, but. With her, she found a way to revolutionize and modernize women's tennis. And even with doing so, she played when she was pregnant. So, I mean, it's just commendable how, how motivating and determined she is to play the sport. That's what, I give, that's what I gave her the props for. I think another thing to give the props for is that she doesn't have a team. She's just doing it by herself and she's winning. I mean, she's been like that forever, and she hasn't really stopped. She just keeps going and going. Yeah, and that's empowering women everywhere to strive and to complete their goals. I agree. Uh, Venus and Serena are great role models for women. And, you know, even though we're only three guys, I think it's still uh, important for us to put out that there should be more women in these big four sports and in sports in general. We just saw um, the Miami Marlins hire a female GM for the first time, which is the first time that uh, a female is now breaking into the front office of sports. And this needs to be happening more personally, just it, I would love to see more women getting the recognition that they deserve in sports and getting people out there to, cause sports are for everybody. So we need to promote that in the future as a society. All right, don't go away. We'll be right back with even more Project X after this quick break. You're listening to WQAQ's Project X on Spotify and Anchor FM. You're listening to WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quidipia. Hey, it's Emma Spagnolo, General Manager of WQAQ. Are you looking for a fun and creative way to get the word out about your business while trying to appeal to a young group of college students? Well, look no further. WQAQ is Quinnipiac University's student-run radio station. Here at WQAQ, we allow businesses of all kinds to advertise their products and services to our dedicated listeners. All we ask is that you provide our production team with copy points for your desired ad, and we'll come up with a professional and fun radio spot that will play at least 20 times per day. That's 140 times per week. And 1800 times per month. WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Welcome back to Project X on Spotify and Anchor.fm. We are so glad to have you all back as we continue discussing our top 10 athletes of all time. Let's continue with number six. I'll share my number six. Yeah. Um, So we've been talking a lot about tennis on this episode. Obviously, Serena, Venus, all conquering and dominating the women's side. But on the men's side, I think that the greatest athlete of all time in tennis can be Roger Federer. Uh, Roger Federer comes in at number six for me because he's an eight-time Wimbledon champion, a five-time United States champion. He's a great athlete. 
I completely agree with you. I mean, for me, being a tennis player, I looked up to Federer and I watched his highlights and it's just so astonishing what he was able to do with all his aces, with all his returns. It's something that's really fun to watch. No, I agree. I love watching Federer. He's one of my favorite athletes, one of my favorite tennis players of all time too. I completely agree. And I love watching him whenever Wimbledon's on. Wimbledon is like the masters for me of tennis. Whenever it's July, I sit down and watch Wimbledon for four to five straight days or how long it does. I just sit down and watch Wimbledon tennis. Gage, what's your number six? My number six, it's a player who was on the ice rink for 25 seasons with the Red Wings, a four-time Stanley Cup champion. And of course, I'm talking about Gordy Howe. And he was a, he was a Canadian-born hockey player who did tremendous things with the Red Wings. And whenever now whenever people think of the NHL or the Red Wings, they will automatically think of Gordy Howe because he's done tremendous, he's done amazing things, wonderful things for them. And his name will ever be will ever be revolved around hockey. I agree with that. He's one of the most prolific hockey players of all time. I mean, there's the reason that they name it the Gordy Howe hat trick if you score a goal and assist and get into a fight and win. Uh, Gordy Howe it was a lethal, lethal player for the Red Wings, uh, and he even played for the Hartford Whalers, too, in the latter half of his career, I believe, with one of his sons. So um, amazing, amazing, great player. I didn't know who he was until I, I started searching athletes today, and then I saw what he's been able to do, but I just I could, I didn't know just because I wasn't a hockey fan at the time. Well, Dylan, what's your number six on that note? All right. My number six, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Mm. 18-time All-Star, five-time NBA champ, 15-time uh, All-NBA. I could go on and on about his, all, his, all his accolades. 33,643 points total. And the game that really got me loving Kobe Bryant his 81-point game against the Toronto Raptors was so memorable and always possible. And this guy was an incredible athlete on and off the court. He created the idea of a Mamba mentality, zoning in on the game, and he was just really amazing. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. One of the biggest losses of sports uh, players of all time, just Unbelievable that we lost Kobe Bryant at the age that he was. He had so many years left and so much more to give to his community. Uh, I mean, he had some great charity work that he did. Uh, and yeah, that mama mentality, um, it'll live on forever. Yeah, I agree. He was, I remember watching him and I started watching NBA when it was near the end of his career and the Lakers weren't in, in their prime as they were back in the late 2000s, early 2010s. But still, hearing all the stories about him, and whenever someone tries to make a basket and throws it in the garbage can, they always they still say Kobe in honor of him, and that's how and that's how it always has been, and that's how I think it will always continue to be, just because of how much of a legacy he set in in basketball in the basketball world. And there's something strangely poetic about the the Lakers winning the finals this year for Kobe, um, like. How, how profound do you think that is just with the loss that they had, but yet they gained so much uh, unity for their city through 
this year, not only the Dodgers winning, but the Lakers winning too. Yeah, it was really good for the city. I mean, everyone was shocked. TMZ reported the news and it was just came out of nowhere. I mean, who would have predicted that that would have happened to him uh, and him being such a good person overall? Uh, it really hit the city hard. And the fact that they were able to win the championship for the city and for the Bryant family, that was incredible. All right, we've made the halfway point of this list. So let's go back to um, Gage. Why don't you share with us your number five? Yes, my number five, he's a great athlete, a great baseball player, and he changed the way baseball is played. And he's famous for two things. He's famous for hitting a long ball and for the great curse of the Bambino. And of course, I'm talking about Babe Ruth. Now, Babe Ruth, he was a, he grew up in, he grew up in an orphanage, I believe, and he had a really rough childhood. But if you look over what he's done, he really changed how baseball, how baseball was portrayed. Because back then, they never really aimed for hitting a home run. They mainly aimed for just hitting small, like base hits, doubles. Every once in a while, you'll see a home run game being hit, but he changed it. He would hit, he hit so many, he had like 50 home runs, I think, one year, and he held a record for about 20 to about like 40, 50 years before it was broken by Roger Maris in 1961. And, and, and it changed the way how fans viewed baseball forever. He is such an icon because he actually pointed where he was going to hit a home run. And then the next pitch, he hit it exactly where he pointed. That called shot. Do you know who he played against when that happened? No, who? It was the 1945 World Series against the Cubs. And prior to that at bat, he was really struggling. He had like two strikeouts. He was 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. And then that confident point, and then right to the bleachers where that point where he pointed. I first learned about Babe Ruth because of Monument Park. And I'll transition this into my pick, but. Monument Park uh, for the Yankees organization is a place where all of the greatest players have plaques and memorabilia signifying that they gave great contribution to the New York Yankees franchise. You know who else is in Monument Park? The captain, number two, Derek Jeter, who just happens to be number, number five on my pick and is one of my favorite athletes of all time personally. I don't think we can mention much else about him. I mean, he will forever be the captain of the Yankees and – I completely respect that decision to put him there. If you guys were wondering, guess who this is? Uh, you got a poster up on your wall with Jeter. Beautiful. Uh, I, I have a f- two favorite Jeter memories. Uh, one, his diving catch in 2004, I believe. Um, and he dove, ran into the shallow left field and made a diving foul ball catch into the stands. And just completely came out and continued the game just like nothing had happened. It was unbelievable. And my second favorite, the 3,000th hit that was a home run. Um, you know, Michael Kay's call, unbelievable. Uh, the fact that he joined the 3,000th hit on such a prolific shot, incredible. That's true, yeah. I, I mean, he's had so many iconic memories in baseball history, and – my dad remembered when he, when the Yankees were very, very young, when it was, it was his rookie season, and 
they came away and won the World Series when nobody's expecting them to. That being that young, then in, in the late 90s, and that led to their three-peat they went on. It was incredible. That really was a dominant stretch for the Yankees, and that was really their, their dynasty with, uh, you know, Rivera and everybody, like that whole uh, um, the core four era. Crazy, crazy time for the New York Yankees, and I think that they're building up to that soon, but nothing will ever top those mid-90s championships that they won, and then that final run, 2009. Beautiful. I remember that. Do you remember that, Dylan? Yes, I remember that. They had an all-star team that season. Oh, my God. They were so good in 2009. So my number five, I would say, is today's modern sports day icon. I mean, everyone knows his name. They literally created a meme just based on his name, LeBron James. Travis Holgum? No, I'm kidding. Yes, LeBron James. (laughs) LeBron. Travis Holgum. Yeah. Uh, LeBron, 16-time All-Star, four-time NBA champ, four-time NBA Finals MVP, 34,241 career points, and he just won a championship this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's won a championship with the Cavs. He went to Cleveland to give him a championship, his own uh, town. He does that after he actually, uh, I would say, that he was a snake a little. He went to the Heat where he was with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. And there he won, I think it was two or three champion. No, he won two in Miami, one in Cleveland, and then one in LA. So his career, I mean, he goes anywhere and he's able to still be the player that everyone knows him to be. That's when you know you have a good athlete on your hands. Yeah, here's the thing with me and LeBron James. Don't get me wrong, he's a great athlete, but... I feel Michael Jordan's better than him personally. Mm. And that's because if you look at each other, if you look at both, if you compare both players, you got, here's what I look at the win percentage in the finals. He hasn't won. If you look at how many finals appearances LeBron James has been to, you expect him to win more titles than he has won. I know he's played against some pretty amazing teams like the Warriors in the mid-2010s and then the Spurs. But if you compare it to what um, whenever, I think uh, with the, what's his name? Jordan, Michael Jordan. Every time he, every time he went to the NBA finals, he won. (laughs) Every time he went, he won. Like there was no question about it. He is six for six in the NBA finals, I believe. Well, Gage, can I counter your uh, claim really quick? Who do you think is my number four? Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I agree with you. I think Jordan overall was the better player than James because James had more talent around him. Meanwhile, Michael Jordan really only had Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. And even then, Michael Jordan, he retired uh, and then came back and won like three more championships or two more championships after that. And yes, he played under the same head coach for the majority of his career, but he just had that motivation and determination to win. And that's what an athlete needs. They need to be competitive and they need to be aggressive. And I think Michael Jordan, as the Nike Marshall said, we want to be like Mike. I think from a charismatic standpoint uh, and just mainstream overall knowledge of basketball because i'm not really the biggest basketball fan in the world but 
the debate of LeBron versus Michael Jordan could honestly, you could look at even just the cultural impact that they've had, but they're both incredible athletes and they both absolutely deserve a spot in our lists. But I kind of need to see LeBron James in a space jam before I can really call him better than Michael Jordan. I need to see his acting chops, man. I'm sorry, but it's the rules. It's the rules. It's coming. It's, it's coming, coming soon. 2021. Look out. We'll see if Space Jam 1 or Space Jam 2 is the, the space jammiest of all time. That decides who's the better player. Oh, now totally. A theater near you. Space Jam 2. Where Michael <laughs> well, well, I don't know about that. James. It might be on streaming, but it, 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 I don't know. Anyways, Gage, what's your number four? My number four, uh, let me pull it up quickly. It is, he's another pro golfer. Now, I view him as a complete legend compared to viewing Tiger Woods. And that's why he's so far up my list. And he's won them. He has a record for the most green jackets won in the Masters. And he dominated, completely dominated the golf world in all four majors within the 60s and 70s. And came back and started winning the 90s too. This is Jack Nicholas. And many, I don't know if you guys have heard of him or not, but he's won six green jackets, which the next highest is three, I think, by uh, Tiger Woods. And is incredible. He's an incredible streak. Like he had won five consecutive green jackets at the Masters, which is unbelievable to do against the field that you're playing with every year. What does the green jacket signify again? That's the that means you win the Masters. That's like a championship trophy. That's that's an interesting championship trophy. But yeah, no, I've, I've uh, his name. Uh, I, I've never heard of many golf athletes outside of Tiger Woods. So thank you for broadening my horizons on that. My thing with golfers is that I don't think them as athletes. They literally just stand there. They swing a stroke. They hit it into the hole. That's it. There's no like running. There's no action happening. They're just hitting the golf ball into the hole and then that's it. That's why I don't believe like, yes, golf uh, golfers are incredible in their own way, but I wouldn't consider them to be on this list of top 10 athletes of all time. I disagree with that. I personally think that golfers may even be athletes more than some other athletes because there's so much planning that goes into every single one of their moves and so much power that has to be given to their swings in order to drive the ball towards the green and into the hole. Uh, you know, we, we can discuss all day what makes a great athlete, but I think that there is a certain uh, respect that needs to be given to golf as a sport, even though it is slower, it's still so strategic. Like, would you say that a chess player is an athlete? Maybe not because they're playing a board game, but golf is a very, very calculated and yet still powerful game that has to be played by sending a ball forward with a driver or a, a club of some sort. But every, uh, I was going to say that every game is calculated, though. Football, you need a game plan on defense and an offense, and they watch film. Same with basketball, same with hockey. You watch each team and you go ahead and strategize for how you're going to beat them. For golf, you're pretty much just determining, oh, I need to pick this club for this amount of power, and that's it. Well, there's well, here's the thing. You, you're thinking because they're not, they're not running around the field or anything. 
do you picture them going in a golf cart and driving around? Because on the pro tour, you're not allowed to. On the pro tour, you have to walk to each, you have to walk everywhere. You can't, you're not allowed to take a golf cart because it'll ruin the grass. And actually, something interesting, I really want to go to Augusta National. That's where the Masters have played every year because they have the, the prices for food and concessions are ridiculously cheap. You could buy a hamburger for a dollar. Where norm where it's a deluxe hamburger, you like buy it for like a dollar compared to going to McDonald's or compared to going to Eli's and Whitney's and buying a burger for 15 bucks. It's ridiculous how low the prices are there. That is a very interesting train of thought. Thank you very much. All right, I'll <laughs> reveal my number four. Here we go. Um, this is yet another baseball player. Um, and this is one of, I think, the greatest sluggers that have ever played baseball. Um, this is a 25-time All-Star. He only won the World Series once, but he's famous for one number, 733, Hank Aaron. I really think that his bat is one of the most influential and powerful that the MLB has ever seen, and his numbers still stand up to even the modern-day equivalent of the game. Oh, I love Hank Aaron. I, I believe he got that right. I mean, he's a brave legend and a, and a major league baseball legend. And his name is up there with uh, Babe Ruth. Like he's like one of the gods of baseball. And whenever you, they mention MLB, you have to mention Hank Aaron's name alongside Babe Ruth. Because so I feel like if you have those two playing against each other, you'll make for a very, very good matchup. I mean, you could see it itself in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Each of them have their own exhibit and information about them and how they've uh, changed the game of baseball. That's how impactful they were. Yeah, no, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer from 1982. So one of the most influential players of all time, I think. For sure, for sure. So we're going to go ahead and take another break. Uh, stick with us and we'll be right back uh, with Project X. You're listening to WQAQ on Project uh, X for Spotify and Anchor FM. The new WQAQ 98.1 FM. Everything you want and more straight from the heart of Hamden. This is the soundtrack of Quinnipiac 98.1 WQAQ. And we're back on Project X. Thanks for sticking with us after this break. You are listening to WQAQ's Project X here on Spotify and Anchor FM. Okay, I'm going to go. Now, I think there's two sports that are left on my list, and uh, these athletes are definitely going to hit the top three because of the, that they play them. Uh, number three is another tennis uh, star. Club already said it, Roger Federer. 20 Grand Slam titles, 103 total titles, and he has 92 wins with only five losses ever. You know how remarkable that uh, stat is? That means that he just pretty much wins everything. And that's how you know that he's been doing this consistently forever. You know, that that's great. I completely agree with where you have him sitting right now. He is a, he's up there with some of the more well-renowned names in tennis, which I, for one, don't know because I don't know the history of tennis per se, but... I know he's up. He's going to be a legend and it's going to be a name that we're going to pass on to our kids about that they want to follow in the tennis, in tennis star. 
I think his matchups with Dijakovic have been amazing. Uh, I, I remember one year uh, I was watching at a – oh, did I just butcher uh, – Novak Jokovic. Oh, no, I just butchered Jokovic's name. Did I just really say Dijakovic? Goes to show you how much of a great tennis – tennis uh lover i am (laughs) so um jokovic uh has had some amazing matchups with federer and i personally think that uh you know in the limited amount of tennis i've watched but the the championship tennis that i've seen you can't go wrong with that sort of matchup i think another one that's always uh entertaining to really watch is him and nadal Nadal is sort of the upcomer and they've been doing it together forever. It's been those three that have always competed, but normally uh, the guy that you just said, I'm just going to say Novak. So I don't screw up. (laughs) And I'm going to say Novak's normally the villain. And then people like Federer and Nadal uh, over him. So Federer for me, uh, has done it forever. Nadal is still uh, a nice uh, consideration, but for my list, I just couldn't find a way to put him there. Yeah, I agree. Another one to watch out for in tennis world is the Greek freak, Sitsipas. I thought you were about to say Giannis. <laughs> yeah, the Greek freak of tennis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Greek freak of tennis, DK Metcalf. <laughs> No, that's the joke. (laughs) All right. You can just fill it in with whatever you need. All right. I am probably entering very, very dangerous waters considering how hostile the conversation has been over the last last episode of Project X tier. But I think that uh, number three of all time, Michael Jordan. We've talked a lot about Jordan versus LeBron in this episode. And I think that Jordan stands atop the NBA uh, as one of its, if not its greatest player. He is an amazing, amazing athlete. Like you said, a six-time NBA champion, uh, you know, the greatest Chicago Bull, um, a 14-time All-Star, an amazing, amazing basketball player. There was a game where he had food poisoning. They called it the flu game, and he played. And he did probably one of the best uh, he's ever done ever in his career. That's just how you know Michael Jordan is that dedicated to the game of basketball. Exactly. And another good example of Michael Jordan's heart is that he got hurt for one series, I think, back in the 80s. He got he injured his foot. But he told the doc the doctor said, Don't you can't play for a week because you might make it worse. And he goes, Well, if I play, is there anything big that's gonna happen? Like, am I gonna be in serious trouble, like, you know, am I going to be having a season-ending injury if I play again? And the doctor goes, no, not that I can think of. And he goes, then why am I not out there on the court playing? Like, he wanted to play every minute he possibly can, every minute, every second, every game. He wanted to be on that court and playing to prove his worth to the world. With that being said, I'll go on to share my number three. And this was also previously mentioned, and – he, I'm a big swimmer, so I, that's why I admire this athlete, Michael Phelps, as my number three, because it's of how he, of how he, tr- of how he changed the way the United States looked at the Summer Olympics. 
Yes, in the past, we've had a dominant team in the Summer Olympics, but never have we really had a Olympian, Olympic swimmer to really look up to, especially in our generation. But growing up and watching Michael Phelps perform and dominate the Olympics for the past 20 years, it seems like, it's phenomenal because the Olympic Olympians, you don't see them around too often. Right now, you see like 19 or 20-year-olds competing in the Olympics. Like the Katie, like Katie Ledecky is a good example. She's um, she went out of high school and competed in the Olympics in 2016 and won four gold medals. And it's one of those little things that um, you need to pay attention. That I pay attention to. I completely agree with the Phelps pick. As you'll see, from I'll just go right into it. That was my number two, uh, and some uh, statistics to go off of that. He has finished 93% of the time with a medal in the Olympic races. He has more medals than 108 countries combined. 39 world records broken during his career. Five Olympic games, most of any U.S. swimmer. 23 gold out of 28 medals that he has. I think those numbers speak itself, so I won't go off yeah. uh, too much on that. His number of gold medals is utterly ridiculous. Like that, that so, so many championships that he's won over the course of his career. I remember Beijing 2008, which I personally think was like the height of Phelps mania. Like his career was just ridiculous that year. I remember watching him and thinking this is the greatest swimmer I've ever seen. And me, uh, you know, a, a young kid at the time, just really wanted to go out and learn how to swim because of that. So I think that he's also inspired a generation of swimmers like you gauge to go out and try and achieve greatness in that sport. Yeah. I mean, when I heard about how he, how successful he was in the Olympics, I was seriously thinking about training as much as I can to get to that level. But near the end, I kind of slowed down because of schoolwork and everything. But yeah, like you mentioned before, when Michael Phelps was big, I was one of the kids that wanted to be involved with swimming. So with that, I guess I'll share my number two. My number two, he's another baseball player. And he is not, he's won one World Series in his time. And he's well known for wearing one number, 42. And that is Jackie Robinson. And the, he, and it's not his numbers that I'm looking at. It's more of his gut and what he fought through to get to where he to get to be a successful player he is right now in 1947 it was during the time of the of the Jim Crow laws and Branch Rickey decided to hire a player from the Negro Leagues Jackie Robinson to play for the Brooklyn Dodgers and he was harassed he was being he was called racial slurs all the time in every baseball game but he still got out there and did what he had to do and he fought it all off and because of it, he became a, he became an icon to anybody, everybody, and he and now baseball has players from across the world that play in the MLB. It's incredible how he changed that, how he changed, he broke the color barrier in baseball. I agree. He was a trailblazer for diversity in sport, and there's a reason that we have Jackie Robinson Day, and every single player on that field wears number forty-two. And everyone always remembers the accomplishments and what it meant for Jackie Robinson to be a part of a big sport like baseball. 
He simply is one of the greatest uh, athletes of all time and maybe even one of the greatest uh, public figures of all time for his accomplishments and how much he pushed us forward where we need to be. And the fact that no uh, team in the MLB right now could wear 42, none of them. Retired league-wide. And the one uh, that was able to was Mariano Rivera. So, and he actually had to get permission from the Robinson family to keep wearing the jersey. So that's how you know how big of a role model he was for the entire league. All right, I am going to share my number two now, and it's from a sport that we haven't actually discussed, but it's from track and field. Uh, And we haven't really gone into this at all, but this is the fastest man alive. Um, He has the world record in the 100-meter dash and the 200-meter dash. He is Usain Bolt, um, an eight-time gold medalist. And if you want to talk about Sheer athleticism, you can't get much better than Usain Bolt. True, true. He from Jamaica, I believe he is from. But uh <laughs> with that all be as uh, no, in all seriousness, he was a he's a great athlete. I completely agree with his pick. He like every time he's out on the every time he's out on the track, you know he's trying to beat his own best. And you know he, if he beats his own best, he makes the time he has even faster for the next opponent's bubble after him to try to beat because he holds the record about every sprinting event known that they have to offer. The really interesting thing about Usain Bolt is that he actually doesn't like running. So the fact that he got this ability to be the, uh, one of the fastest in the world, is just uh, incredible by itself. I mean, this guy, I mean, if you really wanted to, it would just be on his couch probably, just watching whatever. But he has the uh, the God-given uh, talent to just go ahead and outrun anyone, pretty much. And the crazy thing is, uh, you know, he can run 100 meters in less than 10 seconds. 9.58 is the world record. He's held that for 11 years there are few challengers in his sport of sprinting that like can stand up to his might. He is one of the most dominant athletes of all time. And one of the fastest athletes of all time, like Usain Bolt, he's got his last name for a reason. He is a literal lightning bolt when it comes to the track. That's not why he got his last name, but I get the reasoning. (laughs) (laughs) He got his last name from his dad, most likely, (laughs) but that's how it usually works. Yep. <laughs> now is time for our number ones. So going off of what I was saying before, uh, I said two sports that I think really uh, determines how good an athlete is. And the number one on my list is the greatest boxer of all time. And therefore, in my opinion, the greatest athlete of all time, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad oh, Ali. Sting like a bee. Yep. 56 wins with 37 being knockouts, only five losses, first fighter to capture three heavyweight titles. I think the definition of being an athlete and the fact that he's able to just take out any competition that stands in his way, that's a true definition of an athlete. 
Muhammad Ali is that definition. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace, but he was nicknamed the greatest for a reason. Uh, In terms of combat sports, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. We respect Muhammad Ali's contributions to boxing and fighting so much. And there's so many uh, people that have come after him, but he set the tone for what it means to be a great boxer and a great public figure. Uh, but yeah, no, and I, I absolutely agree with you. That's a great number one. Yeah, I, I'm also on the same page. He, Whenever I hear boxing or fighting, <clears throat> I'm not much of a boxer watcher per se, but he's the only one I really know. And that's because of his legacy. Like you mentioned, his 56 wins he has and 57 knockouts or something like that. It's incredible. And that's why he is one of the greats up there with Rocky Balboa. And he forever will be remembered for all the um, success he's had. Well, with that being said, I can, I'll give away my number one. This is another track and field star. However, it isn't Usain Bolt. He it had a similar backstory to Jackie Robinson. This is Jesse Owens. And he, and he did insurmountable things. He went to the 1936 Olympics in Nazi Germany. And he was an African-American in a time where Nazi Germany was starting to, was gaining its, was gaining its recognition and gaining propaganda and won four gold medals. And, the, and it was, and he went, he suffered through a lot. I'm sure, I'm sure he did. Um, being the only African-American in there with a bunch of Caucasian men running and blowing away the competition every chance he got. And he got put into this one leg in the relay late because they needed a, they needed one more runner for the United States. And they decided, let's have this Jesse Owens kid show up. And he did it like last minute. He signed up and he won another gold medal because of it. So it's he's like, I've seen, I consider him an American hero for what he went through and did into a different country and represent represent the United States. I think he did a great job for our United States and around the world. Yeah, for the time, uh, you know, in the time before the civil rights movement to come from Alabama and go represent America in 1936, uh, just incredible. He, he has to be one of the greatest North American athletes and worldwide athletes ever. I'm absolutely with you there. And there's a reason that they have the Jesse Owens award for USA track and fields, best track and field athlete. He is going to be remembered as one of the greatest track and field runners that America has ever seen. Completely agree. And with that, it is time to reveal my number one. Okay. There's a quote and it goes like this. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. My number one greatest athlete of all time is from Dunder Mifflin Scranton, Michael Scott, who I put, no, I'm kidding. It's Wayne Gretzky, (laughs) the great one. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player to ever live. Uh, You can't find a more dominant and more beloved an iconic hockey player than him. He is one of the most uh, leading athletes in goals, points, assists, both in the regular season playoffs for the NHL. And he played for the Oilers, uh, Kings. He made the Stanley Cup final multiple times. Uh, he He's just a, an unbelievable athlete. He was a part of the 
1980s Oilers dynasty, which uh, carried them to, I believe, four or five different Stanley Cups. So a crazy, crazy athlete. Amazing. I agree with this. And one thing I want to mention about him, the 1993 Stanley Cup final, he was playing against the one, the only Montreal Canadiens. And he lost in five games in that series to have the Canadians clinch their 24th title. So I agree with it. So that way I could say that the Montreal Canadiens beat and one of the best hockey players of all time. We got some bias showing on the show right now. <laughs> Gage is a Montreal Canadiens fan. He's not afraid to show it. Uh, no, but if you really look back at what Gretzky did for the game in order to grow its national presence, he was on SNL. He was on the national news all the time. Uh, you know, when people think hockey, they think Wayne Gretzky because he holds, he held 61 NHL records at the time that he left the league in 1999. He played for 20 years in uh, professional hockey and he is just one of the greatest, if not, he's earned his nickname, the great one, as the leading scorer of all time. No one has ever laced up a pair of skates and was better at the game than Wayne Gretzky was. Even us non-hockey fans know who Wayne Gretzky is. So that's when you know how special he was to the game of hockey. Oh, and Gage, guess who Gretzky retired as? A New York Ranger. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you didn't do anything. We're not that. supposed to show bias. All this right. Is an all unbiased right. show. Really? Okay. When has that so, been? When has that been been put? Well, all right, your all background right. is definitely not showing any bias. No, it definitely yeah, is, and neither is yours. You can't see who it is, though. Well, you showed us know. earlier. Okay. All right. <laughs> so let's go ahead now, and let's go ahead and list all of our picks starting with number 10 all the way up to number one at the same time you guys ready ready when you are all right three two one go tom, tom brady, brady alexander michael phelps roger federer Derek Jeter, Hank Aaron, michael jordan roger federer so on that note, it's time for us to sign off. Thank you for listening to Project X on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Be sure to follow Project X on Instagram at, at projectx underscore WQAQ. That's at projectx underscore WQAQ. Follow us on Twitter at projectx underscore QAQ. And for that note, uh, for Clever Strace and Gage Kilborn, I'm Dylan Summer, and thanks for listening.